0: In the name of God, creator, redeemer, and giver of life. Amen. Please be seated. On my old block back in North Carolina, as the summers wound to a close, the neighbors on the street, pretty much the men of the street, would check the cycles of the moon and consult the fates and their Google calendars and decide which weekend in September we would chip in together and rent an aerator. <laughs> do, do you all I note I don't hear as much about aeration in Ohio? Is this a thing here as well? I mean, it's like a second religion in North Carolina, from, from pretty much Labor Day until the first week in October. It it was a ritual of suburban manliness because, you know, an aerator, it's like a lawnmower, only it's three times heavier. It's basically a yard-sized steamroller that you push slowly as it punches holes in the ground to churn up pellets of soil, which allows air to get into the roots of the soil. So I'm glad to hear you all nodding. I'm glad we, we, uh, we, we subscribe to, to the holy aeration. Um, the idea is that by turning up the soil in this way, you take dirt that, that is hard-packed and, and hospitable to new growth, especially after a summer of, of drought and baking heat, And you dig it up so that you create pathways for air and water, and you now have a more dynamic, nourishing environment. Perhaps there's a metaphor here for the spiritual life. God works through so many things, even things that aren't just planting and watering per se, as much as they are tilling. And 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 uh, and uh, excuse me, tilling and preparing and churning. Sometimes we feel more churned than we do water, watered. Well, that's God working in us as well. Today in the gospel, we begin a cycle of parables. And whether intentionally or not, the lectionary starts to show us these just as the heat of summer is, is baking the soil for real and the ground is getting just a little bit tougher. For Jesus, parables were a message for a, a, a vessel for carrying a message in a way that people could actually hear. You know, funny thing, we often don't hear an argument, but we do hear a story. That's what, that's what parables were about. They were mysterious, but not, just, not only because the way of grace was so different from the reality that they thought they knew, and the vocabulary and the logic of their world, the, the, the vocabulary and the logic of their world simply couldn't seem to grasp Jesus' message. Does that sound a little bit familiar? John T. Carroll wrote that if parables mystify the crowds, it was because they had closed themselves off from the way god 's realm works in the world. But I like the aerator metaphor. the ground of their spiritual lives had become so hard packed, sunbaked and inert so so parables could till and aerate the soil to let a little bit of uh, a little bit of pneumos, wind and spirit, air I- into their hearts. Now this parable it is one of my favorites because it breaks up the soil of our surface level thinking about faith and how we have it or we don't. How we hold on to it, or we don't, we tend to think in that binary. We either have faith, yay, or or we don't, right? And we're sad about that. But Jesus opens that up and he says there are really so many nuances to this and so many layers to this as well as to all the ways that the world that we live in tempts us and pulls us away from these channels of grace, Now, a quick reading of the passage tells us uh, that a hard path or a dying plant, those simply signal a lack of faith. But I wonder if what Jesus is actually saying is that if we've narrowed our sense of faith to a very simple either-or, right? Either we have faith or we don't, then that is in fact a kind of barren ground regardless of which of those two boxes we've checked. Perhaps the fertile ground is a lively faith where we are constantly aware of the ebbs and flows of our awareness of God, of the seasons and the rainfall patterns that we cannot predict, and trusting that through all of it, regardless of our blooms, The sower is always casting seeds of grace and that we recognize not only is that something beautiful, but it's actually enough. Jesus gives us in this parable four possibilities. Now, remember, these are not about what God does because God is always spreading the seed. Rather, they are all about how we receive the word. Four possibilities. The hard-packed, inert ground of the path. That's one. The rocky soil that cannot last a dry spell. The weedy ground that chokes out the harvest. And the fertile soil. It's like a a spiritual personality test, right? Well, I'm a three on the Enneagram, and I think I'm kind of rocky soil today. Where are you today? I know that I tend to speed past uh, that first part about the dead path, and maybe because I think, well, I'm a churchy guy, so hopefully that's not the case. So I've got to wrestle with, am I rocky soil today? Am Am I weedy? But I wonder if we don't skip past that hard ground way too fast. Because what if that hard ground is not simply faithlessness, but is actually the kind of rigid certainty that won't let the Holy Spirit in to aerate what we, what we think is already fertile. I, I think we pass by this one a little bit too quickly, because if we think about it, that path may be the biggest spiritual crisis our world, may be, may be the biggest crisis our world is facing. Because back to that grass seed metaphor, if you're spreading it around and it lands on the driveway, it's not going anywhere. You can water it all you want, or rather there's no grass that's going to come up from that. Yes, maybe birds will scoop it up, but you can't make something grow out of that. When we think about how much of our world is a path like that, how much of our many of our friends and neighbors, and some days talking about us as well, have become isolated from the spiritual life, disconnected from the presence of the holy. And I'm not talking about any one religion here, I'm talking about whether you want to talk about a higher power, whether you want to talk about a spiritual reality. The crisis is that so much of our world has lost track of this. Think for a moment about the challenges of our time. Climate change, systemic racism, poverty, violence, warfare. Each of these has, speaks of a profound spiritual drought We're an inability to see the value of soul work. And our inner connection to one another means that we cannot break free. This is the hard-packed ground. Now, I don't know, though, if, um, if Jesus wasn't being a little bit sneaky when he talked about how the birds would scoop up those seeds... Anybody who knows a little bit about how um, how that kind how seeds can sometimes travel, uh, know that there is actually hope there yet. Because think about this: the bird scoops up the seeds, eats them, flies away, perhaps has a cup of coffee, <laughs> and nature takes its course. And suddenly, that seed has found root in another place this is real this is science this is science right being a seed god's pathways are beyond what we can imagine now being a seed of grace is not always glamorous work right sometimes sometimes you're the bird and sometimes you're the seed but but the spirit does have ways To find life, even when we are not quite open to it. The seed that lands on the rocky ground, that always looks great at first. Quick growth, early blooms, but when the drought hits, it cannot survive. It's those who hear the message for the first time and are looking for something, something surface, something, something it's an identity or a quick fix without realizing what it will require of them. It's those who find their faith challenged, which is all of us, but refuse to grow or change or see where that challenge might be taking them or lock on to certainties rather than release and fall deeper back into the mystery of grace it's those who are all about triumph and chi- and tri- uh, triumph but not the challenge and not the change the self sacrifice or the compassion it's faith without cost or christ without the cross we so often want to rig this world to inoculate ourselves against adversity, which which it's not great. It's not great for the spiritual life, but to some extent, that's fine until it starts coming to a cost to someone else. But in reality, the more we inoculate ourselves against adversity and change, the more fragile we become. That's actually how I see this special election coming up. on on August 8th. I wrote about it in my E-News, where the threshold for constitutional amendments in our state would get raised from majority rule to a 60% requirement. Of course, we know that it's a tactic to block a constitutional amendment initiative in November to protect reproductive rights. But it would further insulate a ruling party from the ongoing process of change that is healthy for all of us, regardless of what you feel about abortion or any of the other issues facing us. The parable should teach us that we don't want a system. Think about about the shoots that come up but can't handle a bit of adversity. We don't want a system that is so averse to change that it eventually collapses under the weight of real adversity. We are at risk of creating a culture that is ever more fragile. Not one, not only one where women lose access to health care, but one where democracy is less and less accessible to the people. But returning to our our spiritual personality tests, if you happen to be in soil where seeds germinate and you put up shoots with some staying power, bully for you. But don't rest on your laurels just yet. Because now we've got to contend with the thistles and the weeds, the lure of wealth, the cares of the world, the anxieties that that burden us day in and day out. All those things which choke the life out of the good things that God plants within us. John T. Carroll calls these the anxious concerns and acquisitive greed which we know are really hard to resist. But the lesson here is that we cannot rest. right? Let's go back to the binary of having faith or not. If that's the case, we may think, hey, great, I've got faith. I can relax. I've got it. I'm good. But if anybody with a yard or a garden, you know that you have to get there every day, if not every week, on your knees or on your backside to to pull up those weeds, to manage the things that are going to come up. It is the same thing with anxiety and greed and and the lures of this world. We must always be alert to how we're being tempted and distracted and prayerfully attend to it. I know that sounds burdensome. I know that sounds like a chore, and maybe it is, but remember also, So it's a gift because it means that we are doing the work of soul tending each and every day, which means we are spending time with God each and every day. Weeding is not rocket science, but it is daily work, just as soul tending is something that we do day in and day out. But something happens when that seed lands and the soil is good and it develops a bit of hardiness. And the weeds are kept at bay, and the rains fall, and the seasons roll on. What happens? We grow. We grow. We grow abundantly. We grow exponentially. We grow, we even get the numbers 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. The parable that Jesus was offering. What in some translations he would call the aeration parable. The parable is one ultimately of abundance. That can be so hard to see in our world. When, when for good reason things weigh on us and feel heavy, and it's hard to hold on to hope. But that's why we remember that the seeds that God plant are ultimately about an offer of such wonderful abundance. The abundance comes not through certainty, not through willing faith to happen, but rather through an openness to the flow of the seasons, And the great generosity of the one who sows the seed. God is always showering us with grace and love. God is always offering us an invitation to flourish and to grow. And within each and every seed, within each and every one of your hearts, is the spiritual capacity. Not just to sprout, but to grow sixty and a hundredfold. Amen.